Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Tamar Hamlin. Sudden cardiac arrest. The Off game the has field. been temporarily suspended. This entire stadium was just devastated. Whether it's one ballot or ten ballots, we will see Kevin McCarthy elected speaker. Kevin McCarthy has known for months now that he doesn't have 218. The one thing you'll learn is my opportunity to be speaker is the house is going to change. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Happy New Year and welcome in. It is uh, News and Views. Tom, Benny, and Clark. Brand New Year. A uh, point of personal privilege, and I, I, I don't want uh, just... With within our midst, there was a life lost over the weekend. I don't want to get uh, over the holiday, I should say. Uh, a friend of uh, our staff, and I don't want to give a lot of details, but uh, just just say a prayer tonight uh, for uh, one of our our staff here at News and Views lost a very very dear friend. So uh, just just say a prayer as you thank the Lord for your supper tonight for for that one. The Lord the Lord knows who it is. He'll he'll hear your prayers. Um, Kevin McCarthy is over three today. Hmm. He has uh, failed to reach the 218 and what's interesting is there was the first round and the second round were pretty similar in the number of other folks who uh, received votes kevin mccarthy in the first and second round received um 203 votes in the third round he actually lost a vote with 202 votes uh in the first and second round uh other republicans getting votes um Representative Kevin McCarthy, uh, Jeffries, uh, and uh, uh, Biggs, Andy Biggs, were the three nominees in the first round. Um, beyond them getting votes, and, and uh, the first round, uh, the tally went uh, 203 for McCarthy, 212 for Jeffries. Uh, Jeffries is going to get 212 every time because all the Democrats are voting for uh, Jeffries. And they then stick uh, together. Andy, Andy Biggs uh, got 10 votes. Uh, others in the first round that received votes, uh, even though they weren't nominated, Jim Jordan received six votes. Chip Roy of Texas voted for Byron Dan- uh, Donalds, who is the black uh, congressman from uh, uh, Florida. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sharp guy. And uh, I mean, he's he's more conservative. He might be more conservative than Jim Jordan. Uh, Representative Andy Harris voted for Representative Lee Zeldin. And Zeldin um is is not in office anymore so he if had he had had he gotten enough votes that would be an interesting uh, vote because he would have come back as because you do not have to be a member of congress to be the speaker um mm, yeah most people don't know that in fact um <clears throat> you may recall that uh walter b jones nominated david walker yeah for speaker yeah, of the house yeah. a few years ago um, well and and since um newt gingrich has uh, been out of of uh, congress his name has been brought up a couple of times as coming back as the speaker. Um, so in the third round, the second round, the, uh, the first round were pretty similar. In the third round, McCarthy only got 202 votes. Jim Jordan got 20 votes. And um, uh, thanks in part to Byron Daniels, who flipped to Jordan, having voted for McCarthy in the first two rounds. And, and there are conservatives that are voting uh, for McCarthy. And... Um, let me say that the issues 
that the House Freedom Caucus have negotiated and McCarthy has agreed to have been great issues. And mm-hmm. uh, th- listen, it, it, there's I, I, I can't say with all certainty uh, which is the right way to go in this because y- you have people in Congress, in the Senate, in the House, like Mitch McConnell, who you cannot t- tell at all whether or not he'd be a Democrat or a Republican in the way he votes. <laughs> no. Uh, now, I, I, with with the exception, he did a great job of getting conservative justices through when he was uh, the the uh, head of the uh, Senate under Trump. But some of the things that the House Freedom Caucus wanted to implement, and McCarthy, to his credit, has agreed to. Uh, New rules to govern the House of Representatives in the 118th Congress include multiple reforms sought by conservatives. The most controversial of the rules sought by the House Freedom Caucus, bringing back, and this is not new, this is just bringing it back, bringing back the motion to vacate the chair, thus forcing a new vote for a Speaker of the House. Uh, That was a late addition by McCarthy. Now, that was kicked out by Nancy Pelosi when she took back the gavel in 2018. Um. Now, the new rule would have a little bit of a twist, and I I think this is reasonable. Any one member can make the motion, but it would require that there be at least four co-sponsors. I don't Mm. think that bar is very high. I I, I think that's that's, Mm. uh, a reasonable uh, uh, um, uh, request by McCarthy. Now, this is not something that hadn't been used recently. In 2015, Mark Meadows bumped John Boehner with this. So uh, this is uh, this has been used in the recent past. Now, of course, Pelosi got rid of it. McCarthy is also promising to make greater use of the Constitution's grant to the House in Article One on the power uh, to originate all federal spending, the power of the purse. In other words, that provision provides the House with greater leverage against the Senate and the President. Leverage that the House conservatives have for e- years urged Republican leaders to use more frequently. That you'd think. That would be a, a slam dunk, but uh, they, they are correct. These conservatives are correct. They have not used it as they should. Just as we use this year's annual defense bill to repeal the vaccine mandates on our service members, we will pinpo- pinpoint must-pass legislation to advance shared conservative policy aims, chief among them securing our borders, restoring our energy independence, and balancing our budget, McCarthy said in a letter to House Republicans. Uh, The new package of rules includes restoration of a requirement that any federal tax rate increase is approved by at least three-fifths of the House. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's good. As well as the restoration of the cut-go rule that requires any mandatory federal spending increase be offset with a cut in other requiring expenditures and requires Congressional Budget Office to report on the inflationary impact of proposed legislation. In this age of the the last four years under Nancy Pelosi, where you can spend money like a drunken sailor and not think anything about it, yeah, this is, this is, again, we are going back to principles that we used when we were actually a country that was close to being solvent. The package also restores the Holman Rule an on-again, off-again provision dating to post-Civil War era that enables Congress to terminate funding the salary and benefits of a particular individual civil servant in the executive branch. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be. 
America- Let's start with uh, Harris. <laughs> well, I mean, I can come up with a pretty quick list of about 20 or 30, I Everybody think. Everybody in the cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that works at the White House. <laughs> yeah, you too. Uh, Americans for Tax Reform President uh, Grover Norquist told the Epic Times, these two changes will stop much of the bleeding and begin to turn America around. Um, what else did they have in here? Um in order to make the House more transparent and efficient, the new rules require that every proposed bill be publicly available 72 hours prior to voting. Great. But, uh, you know, didn't we have that at one point and then it sort of disappeared? I, I mean, Congress don't even have time to review no. it. I mean, it's pretty much whoever the speaker is just says, hey, you know, trust us, vote, you know, vote for it. They That's also, what the Democrats did anyway. They will also require that Nancy Pelosi's January 6th panel turn over all of its records to the House Committee on Administration no longer, no later than um, January the 17th. Uh, and they would also make it easier for members to offer amendments to bills from the House floor and protect the right of members to use gender-specific words in committee hearings and on the floor. Thank you very much. I mean, these are just common sense things. And, uh, you know, other than the January 6th, uh, deal, which is sort of new business. The rest of all this is just restoring common sense policies that are no brainers. Yeah, and actually, some of the things you mentioned from a budgetary standpoint, spending standpoint, um, these things have not existed basically since Newt Gingrich put them in place. And you know, you can also say, um, you know, it was during during the Clinton administration, but during when when uh, Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House. And I think it's pretty much started with um, George Bush, too, during the Gulf War. Not Gulf War, but, uh, well, the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan and all. A lot of those measures were taken Desert out. Storm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Operation Desert they were Storm. Ta- they were taken out in, what, early 2000s, 2001, because, hey, you can't let this stand in the way of right. financing the war. But they've never been put back ever since. Right. So isn't that how it happens? Yeah, it's sort of that, like the COVID deal. Yep, and and the conservative caucus of the Republican Party, ever since that time, has been you know screaming to the top of their lungs that you got to put these things back in place. That's one of the things that David Walker talked about during his tenure um, as Comptroller General of the United States. Hey, you've got to put these things back in place because if not, every Congress, you know, if I go to Congress for two years, well, what am I going to do? Hell, I'm going to spend like a drunken sailor in my district so I can get reelected. Yep. And it's just been for the last 20 years, now we're at a position of where we got $30-plus trillion dollars of debt. To uh, give you an idea of how the Democrats feel about this, outgoing House Rules Committee Chair Jim McGovern of Massachusetts Democrat condemned the new rules proposed by the Republicans, saying leaders of the majority have once again caved to the most extreme members of their own caucus. Wait a minute. These, again, were common sense rules that were there for decades. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not talking about, uh, you know, we're, we're asking that we, we bring back public lynchings or anything. These are common sense yeah. things that should have been in place all along. And, and again, the, the gender neutral language, we can just go back to saying ma'am or sir or whatever without, Good <laughs> without being kicked out. Oh, and by the way, they also uh, eliminated uh, having to wear masks and uh, and all the members of uh, uh, of the House will need to be present when voting. Oh, yeah, because they, they've played the COVID game yeah. of uh, I'm working from home that we see uh, all over yeah, the country. Yeah, you yeah, know, Congress yeah. does that, too. So these are the extreme things that the, the Democrats uh, say are just, oh, these are extreme. Allowing the far right to hold the incoming speaker hostage, attempting to end congressional staff unionization, 
reinstating CutGo so they more easily cut taxes on billionaire corporations while slashing the social safety. Same old crap they always hear from the Democrats. I'm sorry. Don't mess with me. Uh, fortunately, we don't have to mess with you anymore, Nancy. You're gone. You're history. <laughs> That's not an appropriate question for you to ask. I am so glad not to have to hear her press conferences. Uh, but, you know. Good morning. What's going to happen? Um, you know, if basically if the Republicans, I mean, I, I believe in, I mean, to to ensure change, you, you've got to you've got to buck up to the standard old Washington elites and say, right. hey, we're. You know, but at some point, you know, when does this say, well, the Democrats say, I told you so. They, they take control of Congress and they're doing nothing because basically nothing can get done. It's not like. I, I don't think, you know, there's been some threats uh, by some of the, the people that voted against them, some threats that they would vote for Hakeem Jeffries if they didn't get – I don't believe that. If no, they, no. If, if, they, if they did that, they're done. They're I mean, done. They're, they're, yeah. um, but at the same time, uh, I mean, if we you know go two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, six months, I mean, basically no committees gets assigned. Nothing. Well, I, I think in – there was one uh, um, session of Congress that it went 100 days, I think, before they. Hmm. Now this is going back. I think this is going back like 100 years ago. Yes, powdered wigs and where, probably where they, so. Where they I, went I, yeah, or Civil War floor, era. You know, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I have to look a little more detail on that. You know, I, here, here's here's my unscientific prediction. I think the conservatives in the um, House Freedom Caucus. I think they are letting. First of all, let me say, I think Kevin McCarthy will end up being the speaker. Okay, I don't. Really? Mm-mm. I think he'll end up being the speaker. I think they are trying to make a point that, listen, we can, uh, we're, we're saying it loud and clear, we want to let you know that um, we have a voice and we will use our voice and we will use the power that we have, even though we might be a minority in the Republican Party. Uh, it's it's not going to be the same old uh, Mitch McConnell type of standard protocol, John Boehner protocol. Uh, we we are going to make ourselves known. We're going to make ourselves heard. Now, uh, th- that being said, uh, interesting that it's gone three and Jim Jordan has gotten a little more momentum. I would say it's going to go another two or three votes. And they're going to see, okay, can the momentum change, or is the vote going to stay right at 202? And if it mm-hmm. does, I think they'll 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 go ahead and concede and let him become the speaker. Again, very unscientific. It's just a hunch. But the other thing is, Nancy Pelosi made some of these changes by executive edict. Oh yeah. What mm-hmm. is to say that Kevin McCarthy will not follow through? I mean, what what binds him? to these rules other than his word I other, mean, other, other than two years from now not getting the vote yeah, or, yeah exactly because they do not do that or they do they have to be elected each congress like you know because it you know there'll be another election you know will there be another election a year from now for congress or just two years from now two years well two years from last november yeah, okay yeah i mean i know their terms are only two years but i didn't know if they wrote don't do they they stagger them so everyone's not re-elected every no, time? No, no, no. In the House, it's every two years. Yeah, it's every two years. But they, They're staggered in the Senate, but not in the House. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So so he's got at least two years. My, my prediction, and I don't have – this is just – Your I'm hunch? Just, just a hunch is that, you know, you know, both Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise nominated him during one of these rounds. I, You know, I think uh, there'll be a compromise and say, well, how about Steve Scalise? He's second in charge. He's right. pretty well liked. Um, 
but I think a lot more conservative than Kevin McCarthy. I think it'll be come out of left field and he'll just say, okay, Steve Scalise. Well, that's interesting because Steve Scalise wasn't mentioned at all in any of the first votes. Uh, that he, okay, his so name wasn't. But but again, that, that doesn't mean anything. So again, I'm always flying out there. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> we're just two yokels from Eastern North Carolina trying to figure out what's going on. Well, eventually everyone catches up with me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it might be a few years, but eventually. But uh, again, I, I that, that's that's uh, what's going on in D.C. right now. I, I I don't know how many times they will vote today they've already voted three times and mccarthy is over three um i don't think mccarthy is i, I don't know he might they say he's already moved his stuff into the speaker's office Ooh, how about that <laughs> yeah. a little presumptive might be a little embarrassing having to move it back out he might not have as much help moving back out as he had moving in now wouldn't just it be saying. nice if we could like just kind of tune in right now and say uh, uh dr murphy can you come on just for a second <laughs> <laughs> my hunch is that he's got to stay right there where I he get, is i bet he's got a little bit he's, he's got a lot schedule. going on we can get him in later in the week <laughs> hey we gotta take a time out stay with us lots more news and views for a uh, new year tuesday january the third already in the three days yeah. of uh, the new year stay with us we'll be right back This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in News and Views for a Tuesday. Apparently, uh, winter came and went over the uh, Christmas weekend, which is fine (laughs) with me. I mean, it was cold Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but... uh, I I told somebody yesterday, I said, only in eastern North Carolina, one week we're worried about busted pipes yep and the next week we'll turn on the air conditioning yep (laughs) (laughs) it didn't get quite that warm but uh tomorrow afternoon it's gonna be humid and 77 uh rain showers and thunderstorms tomorrow what's the uh old wives tale that um a winter thunderstorm 10 days later well apparently yeah apparently uh west of us now this this storm's pretty nasty Um, yeah out in california right now well i mean no i mean across tennessee it's probably oh the one that we're gonna get mm -hmm, tomorrow mm -hmm. i mean when i looked at the radar earlier there's some straight line storms that look pretty severe well Uh, there was some damage uh yet last uh 36 hours down louisiana and uh some some rough damage so uh, hopefully it will uh, settle down a little bit before it gets here uh tomorrow a high of 77 tomorrow night a low of 59 with uh some pretty uh, heavy showers overnight tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday, the high is 69, considerable cloudiness, um, decreasing clouds as the day go on. But the uh, long-term forecast through uh, next Sunday is uh, not bad at all. Uh, highs will be in the mid-50s uh, on Friday through Sunday, and lows will be in the mid-30s. Kind of so, typical seasonal weather for us, really. So not too bad. Yeah, I'll take Coming it. Coming up. I'll take it. Hey, listen. Um, I don't want any more 14s. We had, no. We no. had a couple of mornings it was 14. <laughs> That's yeah, I've heard a, a few stories about busted water pipes. Sorry for you folks that uh, are in that category. Uh, in fact, a friend of mine, well, actually – I shouldn't say this out of school, but uh, a uh, relative of the of the person that used to sit next to me, Sadie Klaus, um, they have someone moving into eastern North Carolina. They got to their house two days ago, and uh, they, they closed in the house back in December. They got mm-hmm. to their house, and it's in our listening area, um, down, uh, down towards uh, the Topsail Wilmington area. 
I uh, got to the house and a busted water pipe underneath. I, I, I assume it must have busted over uh, Christmas, New Year's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. It was a, a mess. So it's a rarity to get that cold in eastern North Carolina, but it does happen. And uh, if the heat is not on in the house, chances are you're going to have some busted water pipes. Uh, by the way, uh, since the weather is so nice, uh, maybe you should uh, head on out to Ironwood and play a little golf. Uh, Ironwood Golf and Country Club voted best golf course in Greenville for the fourth year in a row. Ironwood boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, members-only full-service dining areas, monthly social events, competition-sized swimming pool, clay tennis courts, making Ironwood the perfect place to make new traditions with your friends and family. Uh, contact Jenna Doyle out at Ironwood. She can give you all the details. She can give you a tour. She maybe even buy you lunch. 252-752-4653 to learn more. She is the membership director at Ironwood. Jenna Doyle, uh, 752-4653. You know, going back to what we we're talking about um, with Kevin McCarthy, it, it, he was one of the young guns that came in with Paul Ryan uh, trying to figure out who the other young guns were, but there's four or five of them. And what's interesting is when he came in, I'm trying to think who uh, the, the, the Democrats were probably in control, though he might have come in when, did they, was he all the way back to when uh, Newt Gingrich was the speaker? But anyway, you know, they were the guys that were upsetting the tea cart then, you know, pushing over the apple cart uh, and, and making, uh, making a lot of noise. And now it's, uh, come full circle and he is the guy that uh is getting upended kevin mccarthy assumed office in january of 2007 okay so that would have been uh <clears throat> pelosi's first go around hmm. or was it boehner no uh, boehner boehner was in 2009 so yeah, no, yeah. No. who were the others in the uh young guns that came in I don't know. I'm looking. <laughs> I was trying to uh, get this done before you asked me that. <laughs> the uh, by the way, let's let's go ahead and as, as you're looking that up, let me go to the next story. Uh, Demar Hamlin, the uh, safety for the Buffalo Bills that went down last night. I'm, I'm sure everyone is well. If you haven't heard about it, uh, during an NFL game between uh, the the Bills and the Bengals, first quarter. And uh, Damar Hamlin was hit. And uh, if you're watching online right now on Cable 7 or on Facebook, uh, Clark has got the video up. But uh, he was hit hard and collapsed. Turned out he had a a heart attack uh, due to the uh, hard hit that uh, he he took. And uh, it was interesting. If you if you're watching the video, you'll you'll see uh, a number of the Buffalo Bills gathered together. Even Fox News couldn't bring themselves to say the teammates were praying for Demar Hamlin as he went down. And it was you know they they had the defibrillator there on the field. Uh, say a prayer um, for Hamlin because apparently he was without oxygen for I don't know how many minutes if it, it's been confirmed. I heard nine minutes. I, hopefully it wasn't that long. That's, that's a long time. That is a long time. Um, but uh, pray for his recovery and for his family. But Fox News said, oh, uh, here's here's a video of the of the Bills players taking a knee in solidarity with Damar Hamlin. It's like... No, they're praying for the guy. I mean, listen, 
the idea of praying might be politically incorrect towards the Wokies. But you know what? As as long as there are things like that, you're never going to end prayer. People, that's the first thing. It's instinctive. People go to their knees and pray. Yeah, and you know, as they say, there's no atheists in foxholes. Yeah, bingo. Um, but uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm surprised that Fox News would say that because I mean, it, well, it might have just been an individual in Fox News because mm-hmm. Fox is usually yes, I was surprised too. Fox is usually pretty conservative and usually on the right side of that issue. What did you think about the NFL suspending the game? I thought it was the right thing to do. I, yeah. I was not watching it live, but after I uh, heard and, and Jason Whitlock wrote a uh, piece today, and uh, he said the same thing, mm-hmm. that, uh, listen, this is this is a ball game, and it's not a whole lot more than, I mean, obviously it's a ball game, a lot of a lot of money involved in it, and uh, but it was the right thing to do. I mean, Whitlock's point was, when your mind is not fully on the game, that's when somebody else is going to get hurt. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And, play, play and, and timid. Uh, and listen, you're, you're, tell you're, you that. yeah, your mind is not going to be fully on the game after going through what they went through. for both teams. But you know, when I was growing up, I don't know when it was. I was in probably in high school, maybe college. But uh, I think forget the player's name. Maybe Daryl Stingley. Uh, maybe that was his name. I don't know if you remember. It was might have been on Monday Night Football when he got a collision and and he ended up being paralyzed. You know, yes, removed from yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, and they didn't stop that game. Which, well, I don't which, think he realized. I, you know, I mean, he was conscious, and I don't think they they realized the severity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Sterling Sharp had a ha- bad hit too, but but he didn't. Uh, Daryl Stingley, I think he yes, might have played with correct. the Patriots, maybe. I was, uh, I, the Patriots or the Bills, I can't remember. Yeah, now. Patriots or the Bills, but uh, they didn't stop the game. But you know, somebody brought up a good point to me last night. It's like, well, you know, if, if this happened at your work. You know, while you were working, I mean, is your boss going to come back in? Okay, everybody get back to work, you know. Yeah. Well. So, I mean, I, I, I hear, I've i had a few people saying, well, why didn't he get back to the game? That's part of the game. Like, no, nah, this isn't yeah. part of a game. No. I mean. Although it is interesting, uh, Jason Whitlock, again, wrote an interesting piece, and he recited the number of times that this kind of thing has happened in professional sports. He cited in 1971, Chuck Hughes, a 28-year-old Detroit Lions receiver, died during a game. It was later discovered he had blood clots, uh, so that could have happened anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1990, college basketball star Hank Gathers collapsed and died while playing hoops. I remember that. Yep. Uh, in 1993, Boston Celtic forward Reggie Lewis collapsed and during a practice and died. A 1920 uh, Yankees pitcher struck the head of Cleveland's Ray Chapman with a pitch. Chapman died 12 hours later. Um Jason Whitlock talked about the fact that in 2001, he was at that race when Dale Earnhardt, I think that was actually in trials, if I'm not mistaken, uh, slammed into the wall and died. Um, He also said he knew Randy Carver, the boxer. Uh, He was at the fight where he lost his life. And his point is that football is not unique, that uh, when people play contact sports, or any sport for that matter, I mean, you know, if you're out... For that matter, how many people go to the ocean every year and are swimming, body surfing, and end up getting caught by the undertow and, mm-hmm. and losing their lives? We, we don't necessarily stop these things and uh, end these things based on the fact that uh, there are very, very bad things that do happen. So, uh, But uh, say a prayer for uh, this, this uh, young man and uh, his family. Uh, certainly is rough. The other thing that... Um, 
Jason Whitlock insinuated that nobody else would touch. And by the way, on Twitter, there were a lot of people that came after Jason Whitlock in a very vicious manner when he, and he wasn't in your face, but insinuated that um, could this tragedy have been aggravated as a result of receiving the COVID shot or boosters? And um, well, you know, it's, during a time like this, making a speculations to me it's kind of dangerous to be speculating on anything at this point but there's an awful lot of instances here in the last few months of, of blood cop blood clots and cardiac yep. issues for some mighty young people and i and i don't want to sound callous either and and athletes but yeah people that i mean this guy's in the prime of life and health mm-hmm. now you know and maybe he well I mean, if he was in the nfl he probably had to have been vaccinated he but, was uh, Buffalo Bills, one hundred percent vaccinated team. Is that right? Yep, mm, I read that. So uh, you know, but what's interesting about that is if that is the issue, don't we want to know about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are, are we just going to pretend no that that couldn't possibly be the? But there was a lot of people that went hard after Jason Whitlock, and again, he wasn't in your face, but he did he did say you know this is this is perhaps something we ought to consider. Five six one eight two five five. Is it Greg or Craig? Craig. Craig with a C. Hey, Craig. Welcome hey, Craig. in. How are you, sir? Not bad yourself. Doing all right. What's on your mind this afternoon? I have a little bit of, yeah, I have a little different take on the injury last night um, with Hamlin, which was obviously tragic. But so many people got on the line last night and started saying, why did it take an hour to make the call in the game? You know, to suspend the game. Right. And I thought to myself, maybe because they were spending 30 minutes to get the guy off the field, which was a hell of a lot more important than – deciding when to suspend the game. Once they had him in the hospital, then they made the call, which I think, you know, that is the right way to handle emergency response. You go after the most important thing, which was getting him off the field and also not putting all those spectators on the roads, which would have made it even harder for the ambulance to get to the hospital. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah correct. To your point, after this happened, uh, whoever the, whoever's in charge at every level at the NFL at, at this point, your goal is to keep the guy alive and do whatever it takes to keep him alive. Thinking about thinking about the game, even having that top of your mind, to me is a mistake. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that was that was one of the few times the NFL made the right decision. I'm not saying the NFL makes decisions correct many times, but they they did last night. Yeah, I agree. So, hey, thanks for the input. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for listening. Thank uh, let's go ahead and take another time out, shall we, uh, Clark? And uh, lots more to talk about. Ron DeSantis got a clip from him. He was an RA inaugurated today. And uh, if you've wondered if he's got something else in mind beyond being the governor, you want to hear this portion of the speech. I think it's pretty obvious he's thinking uh, larger scale. We'll talk about that when we get back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Have you been following uh, the story that really broke over the Christmas holiday concerning this uh, George Santos, the 34-year-old from New York, the liar? Yeah. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. And, I mean, it's if it wasn't so bad, it, it, it'd be comical. I yeah, mean, yeah, you would think. Yeah, you know, because re, you know, representative members, uh, you know that that's at least the federal government. That's the closest that voters get 
you know, get to their representation. You would think he would be exposed prior to this. Well, apparently there was a, a little publication on Long Island that wrote a story about his lies and nobody else picked up on it. But, to, I mean, some of the things that he has said, uh, he claims to have suddenly come into millions of dollars in wealth in the past 18 months, even as the financial data company Dun & Bradstreet estimated in July that his private family firm, the DeVolder organization, only had $43,688 in revenue. <laughs> that was it. That was his company, not his personal. That was his company. Mm. Um, he said he's part black. He said he, and this is, I mean, all these are lies. Hmm. He said he's the grandson of Holocaust survivors. He claimed he helped develop carbon capture technology. He claimed to have worked at companies that never employed him. He claimed to be a graduate of two universities, only to admit that he has no college degree at all. He even said his parents' financial hardship forced him to leave the prestigious Horace Mann School in the Bronx months before he could graduate. I'm a business guy. I've done private equity for 11 years in New York, adding that he had the privilege of doing business with the Trump Organization. I've gone up the chains of Wall Street. I've developed many companies. I've opened my own business. His campaign website said he previously worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. He had degrees from Burke College and New York University. These are all lies. Goldman Sachs, Citigroup's, uh, Burke's College, and New York University had no records of them. Santos claims to have Jewing, having, <laughs> this is funny. He claims to be Jewish and he also claims to be uh, Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote in Twitter that 9-11 claimed my mother's life. She actually passed away in 2016. Gosh, like Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Uh, this time, well, Yeah, Joe has met his match here. And by the way, I, I, full disclosure, this guy's a Republican. Um, what happened? Still, uh, still unknown is the exact source of the $700,000 he claimed to have loaned his campaign just two years after following a financial disclosure report that said he had no major assets. Uh, he said in the podcast that he was raised Catholic, born in a Jewish family, very confusing religious background. Last week, he told the New York Post, I've never claimed to be Jewish. Santos recalled, uh, recalled he had allegedly painful childhood experience when his parents had to take him out of the prep school. Um, he said, I've been to Moscow many times in my career. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Now, remember, Senator Richard Blumenthal was a chronic liar as well about his military career. But listen, this is what's interesting about this. And here's the big question. As, as bizarre as this, why are so many people upset with it? Because the only thing he did not say, and this is his get out of jail free card. If he had only said, and on top of everything else, if he'd only said, and by the way, I'm a woman. <laughs> if he had said that, that would have been fine. Yeah, he couldn't have been touched. He'd really? Been, yeah, untouched. I mean, you sit and think about this. All these lies... And we're upset about it, but yet if if he had said, well, oh, by the way, and I'm also a woman, that would have been fine. And it's his district in on Long Island. I, I'm assuming it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know for that for sure. Because there's very, very few places in New York State that you can get a Republican elected. I mean, well, they did well this, yeah, this they last did. time. Yeah. I mean, unusually well. Uh, the Blaze is reporting just names to throw out uh, to you that uh, they think will announce in 2023 for the Republican nomination for the presidency. Of course, Trump's already announced. Uh, they're listing Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Larry Hogan, Liz Cheney, Asa Hutchinson, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis. Uh, the only ones that I think could possibly be on the stage, um, I mean, I don't think he's going to win, but he could be on the stage campaigning. Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, 
Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. and, and Trump. Larry Hogan, is he the Maryland He's governor? the Maryland governor who's yeah, retired. He's, he doesn't have a chance. Good grief. I mean, if you look up the word rhino, his picture's right next to it. Liz Cheney, she's done. Asa Hutchinson, uh, he's, I, I just don't see he's got the nah. charisma or the money or anything else. Today, Governor Ron DeSantis was inaugurated uh, uh, for his second term as governor. If you've wondered, what do you talk about when you're – being brought back in for your second go around as governor. Um, if you're thinking about, should I go into something else? It was pretty clear by what he said. And this just is just a small portion of what he talked about in his speech. Uh, he's running. Now, Florida's success has been made more difficult by the floundering federal establishment in Washington, D.C., federal government has gone on an inflationary spending binge that has left our nation weaker and our citizens poor. It has enacted pandemic restrictions and mandates based more on ideology and politics than on sound science, and this has eroded freedom and stunted commerce. It has recklessly facilitated open borders, making a mockery of the rule of law, allowing massive amounts of narcotics to infect our states, importing criminal aliens, and greenlighting the flow of millions of illegal aliens into our country, burdening communities and taxpayers throughout the land. It has imposed an energy policy that has crippled our nation's domestic production, causing energy to cost more for our citizens and eroding our nation's energy security and, in the process, our national security. It wields its authority through a sprawling, unaccountable, and out-of-touch bureaucracy that does not act on behalf of us, but instead looms over us and imposes its will upon us. The results of this have been predictably dismal. This has caused many to be pessimistic about the country's future. Some even say that failure is inevitable. Florida is proof positive that we, the people, are not destined for failure. (laughs) Decline is a choice. Success is attainable. And freedom is worth fighting for. That was Ron DeSantis, his inauguration speech earlier today. Pretty obvious he has got something larger than Florida on his mind. Yeah, I don't know who wrote the speech, but a a great connection of Florida and the U.S. and segueing into, you know, so it wasn't too obvious. uh, But, but yeah, he's running, running. no doubt. He's running. Stay with us. We'll be right back. News and views. He's kind of a diva. He's absolutely fascinating. Ultimate gentleman spy. Irresistible to women, deadly to his enemies, a legend in his own time. You won't believe what he's going to say next on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Here's Tom Lemprecht. Welcome back in. The uh, bizarre state of New York is following the move of uh, six other states. Um... Colorado, Oregon, Vermont, California, Washington State, all the, uh, I guess, five other states. New York is the sixth state to do this. Uh, All woke states. This is bizarre. 
Kathy Hochul signed on Saturday a new bill to legalize um, composting of human remains as an alternative to traditional burial methods. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. Um, so the idea being green burials, also natural organic reduction, the act of uh, composting human remains. So, you know, gone today and you're somebody's vegetable garden tomorrow. Um, hmm. The... Uh, now, is this in... <laughs> I mean, do you think they're just being greener and taking up less space and all this kind of stuff or what? I don't know, but the New York State Catholic Conference wrote a respectful but pretty firm letter that uh, this is beyond the pale, mm. that uh, you know, this, these, these are human remains. Uh, this is not you know, the clippings of your vegetable garden you know, that you're putting out for, to recycle. I mean, have we gotten that desperate? Uh, you know, at, at least uh, not cremation. That's a that's a, a an option that you can look at if if you want to mm. take up less space or whatever your deal is. And, and and granted, I realize that people from you know centuries ago, you know, they've they've gone back into the earth. I mean, ultimately, eventually, our bodies will all decay and all be gone. You know, one day. But uh, the idea of disrespect that you're just going to put them out in the compost pile. Uh, well, you know, it's always been referred to as, you know, everyone deserves a Christian burial. And, uh, well. <laughs> it was, it's so much for the Christian faith. That's yeah. sort of gone by the way yeah. of uh, the dinosaurs. But that's these crazy, these crazy left-leaning states. Yeah. yeah. Well, God is not mocked, though. I mean, uh-huh. you know, they, they can want to do all they can do to do with prayer and God. Uh, at the end of the day, they're not going to win. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, joining us again today. Look forward to doing it again tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you on Wednesday at 5. Bye-bye. All right, all right, all right.